you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your host, Jeff Hellas of the Locked On Indians podcast. I want to thank everyone for tuning in on the, uh, the new Himalaya app, Google Play, iTunes, wherever it is that you listen. Um, <clears throat> just want to remind people, you know, the Locked On Network, if you are tuning in because you're a Cleveland fan, there is a Cavs podcast and a Browns podcast as well on the Locked In Network. If you're a baseball fan, we have almost every team covered, and there's just the Locked On MLB itself, talking about all things baseball. I'm sure you can tell by the sound of my voice that I am still a bit under the weather, so I apologize for uh, how I sound. <clears throat> and I apologize for just doing that near the mic. Um... So, something uh, the MLB should apologize is the schedule to start the year, as it is another off day for the Cleveland Indians. They did not play anyone last night uh, after the opener. They had the day off, which is part of the reason why they're kind of rolling with a four-man Well, no kind of. They've been using, they use Shane Bieber out of the pen. It's a four-man rotation until things kind of settle into a more typical pattern. Now... For this, today's episode, we will, of course, discuss the uh, Francisco Lindor injury news and, and what that means. You know, start the you know counter. Without the game occurring, um, there were some media days with uh, the minor leagues yet, but we don't really have the minors to tap into. You know, I'll, I'll do a little bit of draft talk in this episode. I'm going to talk about some other stats stuff as it relates to the Cleveland Indians, and then lastly, uh, the second half, it's going to be Lindor and how the Indians should deal with that situation. Okay, so let's just start out stat-wise. So again, early on, we're about 2% of the way into the season. Not a time to freak out, but I have to bring up the fact that when you look at the team batting stats, the Cleveland Indians are currently tied for 28th in runs with 10, they are 30th with a team batting average of 164. As a team, they are batting well before the Mendoza line. An on-base percentage of 254, which could be a not-great team average, and a slugging percentage of 230. Now, it's easier to have a high slugging than it is to have a high on-base percentage. They're not equally weighted. Um, slugging percentages tend to be higher, so the fact that their slugging percentage is lower than their on-base percentage is actually hard to accomplish, so um, pat yourselves on the back for that, maybe. Uh, if you were curious, they are 29th in on-base and 30th in slugging percentage. I will reiterate, it's early, things can change, but this offense so far has been putrid, and... You know, we'll get more into the the Lindor situation, but that uh, with him being set to miss at least three weeks, um, <laughs> the the only positive news is there's no surgery. I mean, the, they need to do something. Um, things just are not going to work in their current situation. Where I found myself thinking today in the car. I wonder if we should designate hit for our catcher or maybe our shortstop because there's a chance that uh, our hitters might be better hitters than the uh, our shortstop and catcher are right now. Uh, it was a legitimate thought. I, it's a bit crazy, but there's definitely some situations where I was thinking like the Tampa Bay Rays when uh, Brendan McKay eventually gets to the majors. Um, 
legitimately he's probably going to be a better hitter than someone else in their lineup it's just a designated hitter i'd have to deep dive in the rule book but can the designated hitter be a designated hitter for any position does it have to be a pitcher uh, you can make a legitimate case right now with uh, the way some of the Indians hitters are that uh, Trevor Bauer wouldn't be swinging a butter bat or that uh, you don't want to risk the injuries, of course, but it, it's been so ugly that these thoughts are crossing my mind. Now, if you're curious on the other side of things, their third in quality starts at three. Their batting average against is a 198, which is eighth, which also shows... Uh, how bad teams are hitting in general when the Indians batting average against for a pitching staff is under 200 and it's eighth right now earned at average at 344 is 13th and whip at one even which is excellent is tied for sixth so the Indians aren't the only team struggling offensively that is for sure so I promised some draft talk uh, if you're an Indians fan, there was a point last year where I honestly was talking about the Indians having six picks in the first uh, first day of the draft, which is round one, the compensation picks, the competitive balance A, round two, and then competitive balance B. Since then, um, they didn't offer arbitration to Allen, uh, Miller, or Brantley, so... That's three of those potential picks all gone. They traded their comp B pick to uh, the Mariners in the Santana-Edwin uh, deal. So they're down to a first-round pick. And for as much as I want to, and of course their second-rounder, they've kept you know the, the picks that you can't trade. As much as I, it helps me as a writer and gets more eyes on me when the Indians have more draft picks, I can't blame the Indians because at this point we're looking at a draft, if you were curious about that, this type of stuff, it's going to be the worst in the 10 years I've been covering the draft. The college pitching has been, uh, the cream of the crop has risen, they have been rising, uh, Nick Lodolo and Zach, uh, when I say Thompson, but it's it's twelve thirty where I am and my brain is in and not in full working order. But the two top arms, uh, like I said, Thompson from Kentucky and Lodolo from TCU have finally kind of lived up to expectations this year. But outside of them, it's uh it's not a pitching class I think anyone's in love with. There are some interesting college bats. Um Aldi Rushman it should be a slam dunk, run it up pick for the Orioles. And frankly, if I was the Royals, I think Vaughn is is the, without a doubt, number two. And then you just kind of go, eh? Uh, you know, Abrams, Witt, it, it's, uh, as I was working on stuff today, I kind of realized that a lot of the players who are quote-unquote rising are actually having worse years this year than they did last year. Um, so maybe the Indians kind of, had an idea of this and, and realized that the draft picks weren't going to be worth it as this class is it's uh it's not as ugly as Indians offense but they're definitely going to be you know last year was an extremely deep class the year before you know I'd really have to put it all in front of me to be honest but it's, I think around see the 2011 class was probably the last one that we kind of went in feeling was this week um, for Indians fans, that's the yellow draft to Clint Frazier. So, 
that class ended up being a lot better than we thought, but at the same time, there was a point where it looked like it might be a good class, but uh, a lot of those first-round picks who, you know, the the Britton Shipleys, the um, the J.P. Crawford, some of those guys who turned into top prospects have not gotten it together uh, in the majors, so it's it, you can never judge until they get up. Speaking of getting up, uh, BlueChew.com, you've heard me talk about it. The little blue pill, little blue pill that you can uh, try at home. Uh, my cat decided she wanted to join the podcast. Sorry about that. BlueChew.com, the little blue pill that you can discreetly order and uh, do a free trial. Just pay the five bucks for shipping. Use the promo code MLB. BlueChew.com. Okay, so the Francisco Lindor injury. He had a calf injury. Um, before spring training and the danger with any calf injury i think as we've seen in the past in talking to uh medical people is they often need to do more injuries especially if a player does not rest and maybe overdoes it trying to get back on the field the calf um you know it, it's i am no medical student i'm not going to even try to go into it but the fact that he had that calf injury probably led into the ankle injury then when you went all the way to Green Bay to get a medical opinion, you knew it was not going to be great news. And frankly, missing a month minimum is probably the best news you were going to get. So, you know, it's being reported right now as three weeks. I would be surprised if it's just three weeks. I think that's a minimum. I think he's probably going to be out a month, if not a little bit more. The Indians cannot keep Morhoff and Stemetz as your short stops. At this point, you know, let's go back to yesterday's podcast. It's let's give Chang a chance. Um defensively, he's not as good as, as Stamets Stemetz, but uh offensively he has to produce more. I mean he has to produce more than what most of these guys are doing up here. I don't think he's gonna ever be a like his high watermark for average is probably gonna be like two forty but he'll walk and he'll hit for power and at least he'll give you something while being an average shortstop. By the time you're worried about his service years, it's not going to affect... You're not worrying about Yu Chen Chang's getting his age 30 and 31 uh, years from free agency. The time is now and you know if you'd been fully healthy, maybe he'd be out there already. He did miss some time this spring with injury. But they need to do something. You can't just keep rolling out. And it was all well and good when you thought that Lindor could be back sooner than he's going to be back. But it's it's time. Um, so you might be like, well, what if we, uh, who gets sent down in this situation? And that's a really good question. When you just look at the lineup, you would think it would have to be Stamets or more more off. Um, one of those two would be the guy you send down. I I don't really have a preference between the two of them. Um, more off is uh, has a better walk rate. I, I think I'd prefer to keep up uh, Stamets just because he runs better and he's a better defender. And neither of them are giving you much with the bat, let's be honest. So that would be my preference. Um, I would not be opposed to uh, 
to Naquin being sent down. Uh, that won't happen. But, uh, you know, then at least we could be guaranteed who won't be hitting third. And, yes, I am still better about that. So, it's not the worst possible news, but it's not great. You know, uh, more of those you know. Between Lindor and Zimmer, that's two players who've had additional injuries on top of their original injuries. Both were out there trying to accelerate their schedule, and instead of accelerating their schedule from returning from injury, they have done the opposite. They have decelerated their uh, their return from uh, from the injured list. At this point with this team, the big problem I see is there is not outside of Chang up in AAA. I don't see maybe Oscar Mercado as well. Those are kind of your your next two up. There isn't that talent in the upper minors that's going to help this team. And uh, if things continue, again, we're 2% of the way in. I can't be an alarmist. I don't want to do that. But at the same time, Roberto Perez, as I mentioned yesterday, we have a long track record showing he is not a capable starter offensively. Um, Stamet struggled as a AAA hitter a year ago. Max Moorhoff, we have three years of data showing that he's not a major league hitter. Taylor, Tyler Naquin is, uh, has a lot of obvious warts, and we've kind of seen what he is. There's a lot of flawed players. It's one thing when you're looking at a Jake Bowers who's young and has not had that fully extended look, or Jordan Luplo who has also not had that extended look. And both those players have shown... Uh, shown, I don't want to say shown success, had success in the minors, so there's a reason to hope for more, but with a lot of these retreads that are thrown out there, they're guys who have never had success, and that's a, it's dangerous to just assume you're going to win this division. The Twins had one of the best off-seasons of any team in baseball, and it's early, but there's a lot of things you can look at and be like, ugh. Um, even before the Lindor injury, this was a team that was going to be worse than a year ago. Losing Brantley, trading Gomes, going from Alonzo to Hanley Ramirez was even likely to be a slight downgrade. They've saved a lot of cash, and hopefully that will be something they can use at some point i mean they went well beyond what i thought they needed to do in terms of cash savings and unless they use that to extend someone or to help themselves add talent uh it's gonna be hard to justify anything they did during the off season i mean even today we saw it's early in the year but uh kevin Pilar was traded from the blue jays to the giants uh the giants are not a team i think anyone thinks are going to contend they got two years of Pilar, who's about a league average bat, maybe average, above average. He's not quite the Kevin Pilar he was in center defensively. And they gave up, uh, I don't know what that sound was. They gave up two fringe players and one interesting prospect who has been uh, traded. The Giants will now be his uh, third organization, I believe, Seattle, New York. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 
Toronto be his fourth organization. Seattle, New York, San Francisco, and now to Toronto at the age of 22. Not even a guy who was one of their top 20 prospects. So if that's kind of the value for an average bat, average defender and center is uh, two fringe pieces and a borderline top 20 prospect, uh, the Indians should really be scouring the market because they currently do not have any outfielders who are average, average, and that would be an improvement. So teams are clearly already out there looking to move pieces. The Indians do have a history with Toronto. You're not going to get Gurchek, who just signed the extension today. But even if they're able to work a deal for... um, I'm blanking on the first baseman, who's going to be a free agent to be... uh, Smoke, who will be a free agent at the end of the year who Toronto may not want to offer arbitration to. You know, it's one of those things where you you have to see what's out there, what's available. We know the Blue Jays are selling, but I I think it's dangerous to wait a month or two months and expect players who have track records track records of non production, expecting them to produce. Sorry to end on such a downer note. Uh, we'll have a game tomorrow, and they'll give us something better to talk about. Thank you for listening. Uh, If you're using the Himalaya app, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, it's been great. Our numbers are rising with each episode. So thank you for listening, for sharing, for commenting, and for reviewing. That's all greatly appreciated. This has been Jeff Ellis. Let And remember, as always, let's go tribe.